Jen Mo, and welcome to Nurse Connect. I am an RN and a board-certified nurse coach. I believe that connecting with others is essential to living a happy and fulfilled life, and that sharing our stories not only helps us heal ourselves, but also helps others by inspiring hope and optimism. I'm so grateful to share stories of these incredible nurses on their journey, and I encourage you to find a way to share yours too. Thanks for listening in. Hey everyone, we'll jump onto this week's podcast in just a moment, but real quick, if you're a nurse coach or a leader and are interested in developing a hospital-based nurse coaching and wellness program, then I would love for you to join me in my Facebook group, Hospital-Based Nurse Coaching and Wellness Programs. In this group, we share best practices and resources, as well as trainings to help you develop a successful program, which will decrease turnover and burnout, as well as increase employee satisfaction. Of course, we know this leads to decreased serious safety events and improved patient experience. I have got a free mini course that I can send you to get started on this journey, and I will drop the link below, and I hope to see you inside the group. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jen Mall with Nurse Connect Podcast. Happy to have Amy Colombo here with me today. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Jen. It's so good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, you're one of my uh, powerhouse uh, nurse coach mentors unofficially. So thank you for um, saying yes to the invite to come today. <laughs> mm, I appreciate that compliment. Thank you. You're welcome. So I always, uh, you know, I find that it's best for you to talk about you. Um, and so please take us back. How did you become a nurse and kind of what has been your journey? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take a deep breath in. <sighs> How did I become a nurse? It goes all the way back to childhood. Yeah. yeah it goes all the way back to childhood. When I was in preschoolish, I remember my dad got into a motorcycle accident and landed in the hospital. Mm. And I used to visit him. And I remember being that young, you know, mm. and just like looking at the nurses and the doctors. And every time I would visit him, they just thought I was like the cutest thing. They would make oh. such a big deal of me. And I remember saying then like, daddy, I want to be a nurse when I grow up. Like I'm going to be a nurse. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So it started there. And then looking back, I really decided at that point because it just never left me. It was just this like thing, like I'm going to be a nurse and mm -hmm. this is very good and practical for a lot of different mm -hmm. reasons. And then as I got older and like went through school and high school, and it was like, what are you going to do when you graduate? It was just like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a nurse. It was like not a, a question. I wasn't really entertaining anything else. It was just nursing. And that was it. That's amazing. <laughs> and I will say that most nurses I have on, that's not their story. It is. I fumbled around a little bit. Nursing kind of found me. And I just love that this was put on your heart at such a young age. And you listened and you followed your instincts in that pull to come into this profession. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah and so did you go to school locally um, from where you grew up? Yeah. I was born and raised in New Jersey. So when I applied to colleges, I only applied to 
two or three schools. I didn't apply to many. And I got into Rutgers, which is the state university here in New Jersey. Mm. And went to school in Newark, Newark, New Jersey, which, you know, is known for for crime. It's kind of like a city in (laughs) New Jersey. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I even lived on campus for a few years. So I had a campus life experience, Mm -hmm. even just going to school like 30 minutes from my house and everything. Um, But yeah, I I did it. I did it in four years, you know, and at 22, I graduated. And the whole goal was, you know, that I could be independent. That was, that was the main thing for me. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to not depend on anybody. I wanted to be able to like buy my own house and pay my own bills Mm -hmm. and not depend on a man, which is kind of how I was raised. Okay. And did it work out that way? It did. It did work out that way. Interestingly, I was Mrs. Independent from all my friends. Most of my friends had aspirations to become mothers, wives, Mm -hmm. and I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just don't really care about that. Meanwhile, I was the first one to get married, first one to have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's ironic. (laughs) Yes. I met my husband uh, before 9-11, because I remember we were together for 9-11 mm. and um, and then got pregnant right away. Mm. So I was young. I was a young mom. When I had my kids, I was 25 years old mm. and, you know, had twins Oh wow! and got married. Yeah. Yeah. I have, they're 19 now. I have 19 year old twins. Wow. You've grown adults. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be 20 soon. And then I have an eight-year-old now. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So you got out of school, you kind of kickstarted your life. What type of nursing did you find yourself drawn to initially? Yeah. Psych. Psych yeah. was the thing okay. that I liked the best. Wow. I always had this fascination with psychology mm-hmm. and taking all of those basic requirements. Mm-hmm. That's really what lit me up the sociology, the psychology, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, here's, here's the thing I'm going to say that like, I would never say when I was a nurse Mm. is that interestingly, despite the fact that I was this little kid that said I wanted to be a nurse, nursing Mm -hmm. never felt like a fit for me. Really? It never felt like a fit for me because of the caring, nurturing, Mm -hmm. empathetic aspect. It just wasn't something I was raised with. Mm. It wasn't something I was comfortable with or knew how to do. Something that worked as a strength Mm -hmm. for me in nursing was that I had this amazing ability to shut down and shut off. Interesting. So I wasn't affected by the patients like the other nurses were so affected because they were taking everything in. For me, I was like, I don't just doesn't bother me. Like I just I just don't take it in. Like I just I just naturally repel it. Um but yeah, that's kind of like the backstory, but other, but I learned how to be a nurse. Like I sure. learned the skill of nursing and caring and I got good at it and good enough at it because I do have, 
you know, I have that perfectionist high achiever part of me that works for my benefit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then eventually, like I had more leadership aspects of it. The last eight years of my 23 year career were in management. Okay. And that felt like home to me. Like Mm. once I became, you know, I worked up on the floor, like I was the clinical coordinator and that felt great. But once I got off the floor in, you know, regular clothes, not wearing scrubs in an office, managing employees, I would take employee drama any day over patient drama. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is, I feel like very different than most nurses, but we need nurse leaders. We need good, solid nurse leaders because, and I have worked in a nursing leadership role and I hated it because I hated all the administrative stuff. I hated all the drama. I loved my people, but I hated running a department. I, those things, I needed that direct, like connection, not even patient care. I'm a nurse educator, but I needed like not management stuff. So I love that that was your specialty and you thrived in it. Yeah. And, you know, you asked me where I started. So I started in psych Mm -hmm. and then I, I just like hopped around the first three years. Mm -hmm. Like I did psych and I did travel and I did med surge and I did cardiac Mm -hmm. tele and Then I landed in rehabilitation nursing, Mm -hmm. which was a way better fit for me because the acute care setting was too fast. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like, I felt like a dummy in the acute care Mm -hmm. setting. Like I couldn't handle that fast pace of an acute care unit floor. It was too much for me to handle. So I would only last like 10 months on a unit. And then I, I ended up in a rehabilitation hospital and that was a great pace for me. And interestingly, I like, it's, it's interesting how you can be the dummy in one facility and Mm -hmm. you could be the leader in another because I really, really shined in rehab. Like it was just the right pace for me. And I worked up the clinical ladder on the floor, became the charge nurse and the clinical coordinator. And like, and I just felt like, great. Like I was being recognized for the strengths I had there and wasn't like, like constantly in my face were the strengths that I didn't have, which were those real, real nursey clinical fats on your feet, like critical thinking, like just sciencey, like that just wasn't, it just wasn't a strength of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being honest about that because I think we see a lot of our new nurses, especially now, um, that they're just kind of are floating around. They're trying to find their fit and they feel like there's something wrong with that. Like they're, that they are not a good nurse and a good human because they can't stay in one place because it doesn't feel right. And so you're normalizing that it's okay to figure, jump around a little bit, figure out what works for you because you never know when you finally land in the spot that you thrive in. And if you didn't try, you would never get there. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to try new things. We know that as coaches, Mm -hmm. right? I would just be so uncomfortable, you know, in, in a role that I would get up and leave. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, have an, uh, an avoidant. It's interesting because I have an avoidant attachment injury from childhood. So I'm the one who's like, got one foot out the door before I get in. So it's kind of like that in my jobs too. Yeah. And so do you, yeah. do you, you ever reflect back? I mean, not, we, we can't go back and change the past and everything happened for a reason, but do you wonder if you had worked through that attachment challenge 
do you think you would have stayed in those roles? You would have done things differently? Yeah, that's a great question. I've never asked myself that. I don't know if I would have because it, they just weren't like the right fit for me. Yeah. And yeah. what did happen was once I got into rehab nursing, I did buy a house, get married, have the kids. So that that's when you decide like, oh, now I really need this job. I can't just quit True. before I have a new one like True. I did before. <laughs> you know, I just quit. My manager's like, where are you going? And I was like, I don't know. I don't have another job plan. I just know wow. I'm leaving this place. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That takes faith. <laughs> yeah. Like I've done that. So, so when I got into to rehab and then all of a sudden, again, the mortgage, the kids, the marriage, yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, okay, I have, I have to stay somewhere I actually really, really need an income. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were on management for quite a while. What were some of the things that um, really lit you up about that job? Oh, okay. That really lit me up. The main thing that lit me up was that, oh, this is going to sound funny, but that I did not have to take care of patients. Oh, it yeah. was like this big weight off of me. Oh. I could come into work and not dread it because mm -hmm. I really did dread patient care and just always getting out late. My time management yeah. sucked. Um, so management, I would, I, I felt what lit me up was, was just yeah. coaching the employees, yeah, hiring, disciplining, mentoring, coaching, like the whole aspect of what I was doing with the employees was really something that I loved. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then how did you make your way into coaching? Yeah. So <sighs> The way I found nurse coaching was I've always been into personal development. I've always dabbled in it. It's always been a hobby of mine mm -hmm. from way back when, from like age 20 and up. And I found that I was able to use that in the management. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really liked it. What happened was back in 2019, I went on a healing journey, mm. started with a rock bottom moment mm. that I had, I always carried with me depression and anger and rage always. Mm. Yeah. And just would, would just do all the things we do to not feel it, pretend it doesn't exist, blame yeah. everybody else in my life for it, hate myself for it. And then in 2019, I hit this rock, rock, rock bottom mm. moment with me and my mom. And went into my therapist's office who I had been seeing for years. I'd been in a therapy container since I was a kid on mm. and off for most of my life. Wow. So I was in a therapy container and I just told her, I said, I gotta, I gotta dive into this rage. I don't know what this is. And it was like the first time I ever even said it out loud. So we went in and discovered that I had childhood trauma. Cause I told her, I don't know if I was abused. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think I was, but I'm not sure. It was like one of those things. Mm -hmm. And when she told me, cause it was traditional CBT, mm -hmm. you know, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And when she told me like, this is abuse, you mm -hmm. are abused. It was like in that moment, 
it came out of the shadows, like this thing that was just hiding and under the surface, it was like, whoosh. and after that, I can't even tell you like what happened to me. Like my whole world was kind of turned on, over on its axis and everything changed after that. Um, but went on this deep, deep, deep healing journey and in the therapy container, which I'm so grateful for because yeah. she brought it out. Yeah. She confirmed it. The most impactful thing that my therapist ever did for me was tell me like, Amy, I believe you, like, you don't have to prove this to me. I believe you. And that was the main thing because when it was happening, when I was a child, I was telling so many people, okay. I, I was like, I was like the opposite, like my brother, yeah. he was so quiet. He never yeah. said a word and I was blabbing it to everybody yeah. and got gaslighted as a mm. child. Like, Oh, Amy, this, Oh, Amy just misses her. Oh, Amy, like all of that. So it was like, when she said, I believe you, like, I just like started crying mm -hmm. right there. It was like the little girl that was never believed was mm -hmm. believed. Went on this huge journey of healing had to learn about all the somatic modalities because uh, I was literally scurrying. The yeah. therapy was not enough. It was bringing up these traumatic memories that were re-traumatizing yeah. me, but we were not doing, we were not getting in the body. We we're not doing anything somatic. Right. Yeah. So through that pain, that anguish, I found EFT tapping. Mm. I went to an energy healer. I started just reading books and like learning from coaches. And I just, you know, stream of consciousness, writing yeah. and like screaming and rage release all this stuff. Cause I needed it. Yeah. And then came the, um, yeah, read a book and dove into, dove into the rage for the first time. Wow. And I will just say that that was the first time I ever dove into what was uncomfortable in my mm. body. And that was a life-changing moment. Life-changing because underneath that anger that I was always trying to hide was this monumental pile of shame. Mm -hmm. It was just so mm -hmm. much shame. And like, I just cried and cried and cried and cried myself to sleep that night that I meditated this guided meditation, um, by Tim Desmond. I was reading a book. Mm. He had these guiding meditations and anyway, woke up feeling neutral mm -hmm. after like crying myself to sleep and couldn't believe how powerful it was to actually dive into the thing in my body that was yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. So the question was, how did I come to coaching? through that healing journey, mm -hmm. what started happening was when I got through the shit and the muck and the mire and like started releasing what I was holding all of a sudden, Jen, I mean, it was crazy. Like I started walking differently. Like I started wow. walking with my shoulders back and my head up, uh, my vision got better. I didn't need glasses anymore. Amazing. I felt 
a veil lift off my head one day in my kitchen. And I literally said, that's my depression. Like the fact that my childhood trauma was in the shadows was this veil and it just lifted and left my body. I came off antidepressants. Here's another thing. My body, I was a binge drinker. Mm. I was a binge I never called myself a drug addict, but I love drugs. I loved mm. ecstasy when I oh, was wow. in college and a yeah. kid. Like I was a every weekend binge drinker, every weekend yeah. dropping ecstasy yeah. and like doing all sorts of things. All of a sudden my body rejected alcohol. Wow. That was like another change in my body from this healing work that was happening from Incredible. literally releasing the rage, the childhood trauma. So what started happening was I opened up to Mm -hmm. things and I started seeing things differently. And I started seeing dreams come to pass. You know, I bought my twins, their first car. I uncluttered my home from top to bottom. Like I just started doing all of these things and then saying, what else is possible? What else is possible? Like, what else can I do? Like, oh my gosh. Like, so it was like, I was healing and then opening up and doing things that I was telling myself my whole life. I couldn't. And I saw myself doing these things that I'd wanted to do for like years. Wow. And I saw myself doing them. So then I was like, let's go into the career because career was too big. It was like, nope, we're good. We're happy. Yeah. And I want to preface by saying this was happening around the pandemic time. Mm -hmm. I was always, again, I was happy where I was at as a manager. Like I was status quo. It was good. I was not unhappy. Yeah. But I just said, let's, let's go here. And I started doing these questions from a famous coach, uh, Jack Canfield. He has Mm -hmm. a book, the success principles, And he has you answer these questions like, what do I love to do? I would, that I would do for free. And Mm -hmm. I never asked myself those types of questions. So it was like, oh, this, like this healing work that I'm doing, this EFT tapping, like coaching, like personal development work. This has always been a love of mine since I was a kid. And then like the ad on Facebook come by for the nurse <laughs> coach collective the best marketing strategies. It hits you at just the right time. It's incredible. And I, I told Heather, I said, I don't know if it was the Facebook algorithm or the universe, like yep. bringing it into my awareness, but it was like bing, bang, boom. And that was it. March of 2021. I enrolled in the school and did the school while I was working And then just decided to go for it. It was, you know, dreaming big was opened up to me for the first time, you know, success is possible for anyone, not just those people. So it's available to me too. And all it takes is me deciding and going after it intentionally. I mean, I'm a coach now for three years, like this is what we do, but these were novel mind-blowing concepts for me, you know, and I was just like, okay, if success really is a process, well, let me, let me just follow the process. And here I am three years in and let go of 23 years of nursing entirely. I am not a nurse in the hospital anymore. I'm just hundred yeah. percent entrepreneur and continue to do this like every 
year, continue to like break these barriers mm-hmm. and just decide, okay, what is it I want to do next? Okay. And you're doing let's find the, the process and let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> is incredible. And I just want to acknowledge the incredible work that you did personally to get mm-hmm. here. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. And, but you found resources and you found tools and knowledge and support to help you get through it. But you're the one that did that. If if you hadn't have had and been open to it, you wouldn't be where you are now. And so it's incredible the amount of work that you've done in a relatively short period of time. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. So good for you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. You know, and I do want to say there was this question that I asked myself at that time period, like, cause I was 42, I'm 46 mm-hmm. now, but I was 42 and it wasn't in a book. It just came to me. It was like, I've lived half my life. And it, it was just like this, I've lived half my life, right? We have about 80 years. Mm-hmm. What am I doing with the other half? Now that I, now that I uncovered this, now that yeah. I healed this right now that I'm I was just like, what am I doing with the other half? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, well, what if, what if we made our second half of life our best? What would yeah. that, what would that look like? And, and it started with like all these things, but it started with, yeah, we're going to go after the dream. We're going to become a coach, right? Always loved psychology. Yeah. Um, it was my choice in nursing. And then it just seemed like this amazing fit. Yes. yes. There was a little bit of, um, there was a little bit of, do I want to be a coach? Do I want to be a psychiatric nurse mm-hmm. practitioner? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a little bit of that happening. Um, but the coaching thing was just, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to the school that looks fun and looks like I'd have a good time. Cause I was like, I get to choose, right. Yep. I get to decide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I find myself similar journey midlife and, um, and so many women that I talk to and it's like, if we can choose we can choose how the next half of our life looks. And, and I don't know, and maybe I just didn't pay attention, but I feel like previous generations didn't even, I don't, I don't know. It's like, they didn't even know that was an option to like change things for themselves. And I feel like a lot of us now are doing this work to break these generational patterns and to say, no, I don't want to do it that way anymore. I want to find healing. I want to do it my way and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That just brings me to, because I I coach women Mm -hmm. and I coach women from in their, their twenties to, I've coached a woman who was 70 Yeah, and you do see like the, the older women, right. The women in their later Mm sixties and, and early seventies, they're hearing the same things we Mm -hmm. are, this personal development, like you can choose, you can decide, Mm -hmm. you can change. And they want that too. As a coach, there is a difference with how long you've held an old story Mm -hmm. in your body, right? So when I coach women of all different ages, I do notice a difference. So if you want to use the word, like it, it's harder <laughs> to release an old story. Mm-hmm. I do notice that those old stories of those women, you know, that grew up even like 20 years before mm-hmm. I did, they're really holding that patterning, that societal conditioning yes. of the sister wounds. 
yes, a little stronger than, sure. than even me. And then, you know, so I, I, I have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And, um, what type of, you know, coaching clients, what are you, what are you drawn to or who are, who is drawn to you? What is, what is your focus area? If you have one. Mm, yeah. Well, I have taken on confidence life coach because when I was coaching initially, I was like, what am I doing? Who am I helping? Like, what is the work that I do? Mm -hmm. You know, I knew it was deep and powerful and transformative. And really at the end, the result is confidence, courage, emotional freedom. Mm. So my passion really is, is women. It's women, like I said, age 20s to 60s, but generally I really seem to be, what seems to come in really are those middle-aged women, their 40s and 50s mm. that are ready for that midlife transformation and they're ready to do the deeper work mm. because I have chosen, my coaching does involve um, going back to roots and origins yes. and working with the inner child and doing the healing work because as I've experienced when we're creating a new story, we come head to head with the old uh -huh. and we need to give it love and compassion. And we need to heal that part of us so that we can create the space you know, for a new story to be created. So when people are like really, really stuck and they don't know why they just want to move forward. I don't, I don't want to go back to the past. Like, I don't want to deal with that shit, yeah. you know? 100%. And I, <laughs> I, I get it. I totally get it. And it is the pathway to where you want to go. It's almost like, I want to go here, but it's like, wait a minute, you have to go here first and yeah. then there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I yeah. think, you know, we've all probably tried to skirt around it and pretend mm -hmm. like we don't, we don't want to go there. And then you finally, I think when you, when you accept it, when you, when you have that acceptance, you're like, okay, this is going to suck. It's going to be really hard. And, and I don't know how I'm going to make it through, but you, you, you do. And when you, you get in it and you have support with that and you get to the other side and it's not that it goes away and that you don't remember, but I've noticed that as I've let stuff go, the, the physical, sensations the the symptoms I was having have have been able to release and I don't recall things with as much intensity of emotion and so it's it's still there it's always a part of me but I'm loving on it I'm 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 supporting and seeing it from a different perspective and it's hard but it's worth it yeah yeah I mean what you just said is is really how I, I've learned to coach is that the pathway to confidence is to meet your self-doubt yeah. and your fear yes. with love and compassion. So how do you create confidence? You have to go to the fear and the self-doubt first. How do you create, you know, the freedom? You mm -hmm. have to go to the part of you that is a victim, that is stuck, that is in still in bondage, right? Mm -hmm. Front that believes you know, she's still a victim, even if it's like hidden in the shadows mm -hmm. and it's through the part of you that's a victim that you become free. Like it really is this, this beautiful process that I think if I probably can't say this enough to myself and my yeah. clients is that there is nothing wrong with you. Like there's oh. nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with any part of you. 
Like we just need to continue to meet it layer by layer with love and compassion. Mm. Thank you. I feel that message (laughs) today and I certainly know it's going to resonate with others. Um, mm. What would be some, you know, if, if somebody's maybe not quite ready to work with a coach, but they want to kind of start doing this work, um, exploring, what would be a couple of suggestions that they could start simple, tangible? Yeah. Yeah. Like meaning the deeper, like diving a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a great start is just the five, four, three, two, one grounding process. I love that. Will you walk me through that? Yeah. So, okay. Right now, let's just do it right here. And right now I do it every day. I do it every morning while I'm walking. So if anyone's listening, I would highly recommend this on, on like a little walk, but you can do it in your room. Okay. So it's just, okay, let's start with, let's start with feeling, right? You just drop in. So you go through all five senses. Let's just start with feeling. So intentionally bring your awareness to your buttocks and feel your buttocks on the chair. Okay, feel my buttocks on the chair. And then maybe bring your awareness to how the shirt feels on your arms. And just breathe. And right now, bring your awareness to how your feet feel on the ground. Notice the way it feels on the bottom of your feet. Is it hard? Is it slippery? Is there a rug? Okay. And that's three things that you just felt. And now with your eyes closed, let's go to hearing. So just sitting there in the chair, noticing how my voice is coming in through the speaker of the computer. And then noticing any sounds that you hear in the room that the house is making. Could be the humming of the heat or the air. Okay. And now we can move to vision and open those eyes and just go ahead and focus in on one item that's in front of you. And why don't you just tell me what it is? Immediately, I focused on the plant in the background so I can see through my camera. Yeah. And right now, as you're focused on the plant, just in a sentence or two, just describe it to me as you're looking at it. Yeah. I just love how the pop of color against the black and white uh, represents life and growth to me. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Now focus on another item in the room. Um, Mealy caught my eye again, uh, just it's behind me, my um, uh, Brene Brown Atlas of the Heart book. It's one of my favorites. It's got some beautiful illustrations in it. And I was picturing a couple in there. Yeah. And just, if you look at the book, cause I could see it too, just mm-hmm. really describing it like, oh, mm-hmm. it's red with yeah. that beautiful green heart and the bold like letters, yes. you know, just really taking those moments sent 
to describe what you're seeing and hearing sensorily. Mm -hmm. And then there's smell. So maybe you want to close your eyes and just take a deep breath in and just notice and even, you know, talking to yourself, what you're smelling, describing it to yourself. Um, I've got the laundry going down the hall. And so I just got a little whiff of, uh, the, I think it's like the dryer sheet actually. Yeah. Mm. Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And last is taste just actually mm. dropping into your mouth and seeing what you taste. A little bit of coffee left over. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And that is the five, four, three, two, one grounding method where you're just that. dropping into each sense one at a time. Yeah. And it's just getting you present in the here, in the now. Beautiful. It's and I definitely you. felt a sense of just that calming, relaxing focus. And um, I like how you also mentioned do you can do it while you're walking. So it is, I mean, obviously when you're close your eyes, probably want to pause, but it could be an active movement as well as sitting in kind of like a quiet, solid grounding space too. Yeah. I don't close my eyes when I'm walking and doing yeah. it, but I just take time that the senses and, yeah. and it just gets you really present. It gets you out of your mind. And, you know, if somebody were starting just any kind of process that gets you in the now mm -hmm. is going to be therapeutic. And it's interesting because you mentioned about anyone who's not working with a coach and I I have a personal opinion on working with coaches. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Nobody needs, right? If we go with need or want and mm. desire, you can do it alone. However, you don't have to, right? You know, you don't have to. And why would you? Yeah. You know, I personally believe that everybody should have a, should, should have a coach. That's just my own personal opinion, mm -hmm. because when you have that space, that loving, safe, you know, strong someone that's going to hold you week by week in your life, no matter what's yes. happening, like it just feels, you feel so loved and mm -hmm. supported and held and I do this work, this emotional mastery work with myself. I do inner child channeling. I yeah. do all of the things. I can do it all on my own. And I still have a coach hold space for me every week. And I love that because I could save things. We do have a bias when it comes to ourselves. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and we do sometimes need someone to hold a space. So we are doing our own work, but having space held for you to do work with somebody else is just so mind blowing. It's yeah. so transformative and it's so worth, it's, it's so worth it. I agree. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, this has been awesome, Amy. I appreciate you letting me put you on the spot to run through that exercise. Cause I think that was really powerful as a way within a couple of minutes, you can get out of your racing mind and into your body, into a safe place and just really find a little bit of peace in that moment and, and then kind of go from there. So thank you for doing that.
You're welcome. Yeah. So in our last couple minutes, is there anything on your heart that you want to share with our group today? Hmm. Okay. If I were to share one thing with anyone who's listening, because I did set an intention when I mm. came in, which the intention was really for, for you who was listening to know that wherever you are, like literally you can stop right now, wherever you are right now in this very moment, whether you're depressed on the couch and like overweight and feeling terrible about yourself or whether you're killing it and knocking it out of the park or whether you're that busy, busy, busy person that doesn't have time to ever think about yourself, just whoever you are, where you are, there is nothing wrong with you. You're a human having a human experience. And if you wanted to do something powerful, so it's probably something that you've never done before mm. is just take stock to ask yourself, what's the emotion I can't bear to feel right now? Mm. Forget the thoughts, forget what the right, th the thoughts are telling you a bunch of garbage. They're telling you you're no good. You're crap. You're you're terrible. You're you have to do this. Okay. Back it up. Yeah. What's the emotion yeah. that your thoughts don't like feeling Yeah. and feel it, mm. drop into it. Is it disappointment? Is it frustration? Is it shame? Like just allow yourself to be with it and don't try to make it leave. Don't try to make it do anything. Just yeah. be with it. And you will be shocked at how that energy will move through you and you will feel so different just from being with the emotion underneath what the critic is telling you. Yes. Yes. Incredible. Thank you mm -hmm. so much, Amy. This has been wonderful. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for having me, Jen. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And where can people find you to reach out? Yeah. I just want to say thank you for what you're doing too. Oh, I'm thank you. really, really proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and just think it's awesome how you bring on nurse coaches every week and connect and have them share their stories. It's really beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so if anyone would like to connect with me, my name is Amy Colombo, three O's. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram and I will give Jen a little thing to put right. and yeah, I'll anyone that show wants notes. can grab my freebie. I have a freebie, the confidence mini series, Perfect. which is just a little mini program. It's for free. I created it last year and anybody that wants that can grab it. And of course, if anybody would love to get on a call with me, I'd like to offer anyone listening a free clarity call, nice. which is where I take you through a deep process of inquiry of where you are and where you want to be and what it would look like to, um, to, to work through that gap with me as your coach. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm. This has been awesome. You're welcome. It has been. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Bye. Mm.